0: This is Music Ed Amplified. Hey there, welcome back to the Music Ed Podcast. This is a place for music teachers to learn, grow, be challenged, and be real about what it is like to do what we do with students and in schools, as well as what it is like to be on the path to creating justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion in our music programs. I wanted to keep things real with you by sharing a bit about a tough but important moment on my own path to creating an anti-bias, anti-racist, anti-ableist mindset and classroom. Recently, I made a misstep in my lesson planning. You'll hear me later on in this episode talking about our American propensity in our too often rushed seeking out of activities or ideas or resources to take someone else's ideas or resources and quote, make it our own, end quote, without always doing the work of making sure that it is okay for us to do this. And guess what? I did that thing. In looking for a way to make an activity more engaging for students, I found out that I appropriated something I shouldn't have, and in so doing, I brought offense it was very, very painful and embarrassing to see the impact of my hastiness and know that I hurt someone as a result. And of course, I truly wish I hadn't done it. But at the same time, I have to be thankful for grace and a willingness to teach me on the part of those who surround me and for the opportunity to learn and grow even when it is hard. I cannot truly move forward in this work without these moments where I honestly recognize and acknowledge, confront, and learn from my mistakes. I know there will be more times ahead where I say or do something wrong, but I pray that my learning on this journey exceeds those missteps, and I hope the same for you. Today's guest, Natasha Verholst, is a member of the Bad River Band of Lake Superior Chippewa And a descendant of the Menominee Nation. She's currently teaching 4k through fifth grade general music at Kashina Primary School in the Menominee Indian School District on the Menominee Reservation in Wisconsin. Natasha is currently a graduate student at Lakeland College where she is finishing her Master's of Music Education with an emphasis in Kodai. Natasha is passionate about bringing Native music and culture to the music classroom setting for children to experience and learn from. She presents regularly about approaching Native American music for districts, organizations, and institutions nationwide. Natasha worked with PBS on their project, ReSound, Songs of Wisconsin, creating a diverse curriculum of different cultural music for educators throughout the state. The National Indian Education Association is featuring Natasha's lesson plans on their website so that educators throughout the country may use them in their classrooms. Recently, Natasha worked with Lawrence University music education students as a mentor. There, she guided them in creating a lesson plan centered around Wisconsin Indigenous music for the Backyard Groove program. Natasha was a member of the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Access Committee for the Feyerabend Association for Music Education. She was named a 2021 Herb Cole Educational Foundation Teacher Fellow and recently became a member of the WMEA State Standards Committee. If you haven't done so already, I encourage you to go back and listen to season one, episode five, where you can hear Natasha discuss reversing false narratives about indigenous people and culture. Today's episode is a continuation of that conversation a year later, and one in which I found myself realizing how much more I have to learn. So let's get to it. Natasha Verholst, welcome back to the Music Ed Amplified podcast. And guess what? It's season two. Thank you for having me, Lauren. So as you know, on the podcast, you know, I try my best to uh, raise awareness of issues dealing with justice and equity and diversity and inclusion. Uh, You've talked about the struggles that Indigenous people um, have had to and currently, I'm sure, still face in both the media, right, as a whole. And then when it comes for us, more specifically to teachers and students in the curricula the programs that we use at least here in the united states um so i wanted to ask if there are issues or events that are particularly present in your mind more lately um maybe issues of representation and that kind of thing that you want to talk about
1: um yeah uh definitely i um i'm working on my capstone right now um and it's really focusing you know on Uh, native curriculum like planning for for what we're exactly what we're talking about and um so I've kind of been digging into um what's been done in some curriculums and classes and I'm, I'm in that research stage right now pulling articles looking at books um and getting all that um up off the ground and uh it's definitely um all of it is at the forefront of my mind. And I think it all kind of comes back to this, um, like Hollywood idea of mm-hmm. what, um, you know, native people are, what our music sounds like. Um, all these stereotypes go back to this, you know, like John Wayne type stuff <laughs> Right, right. is what comes to my mind. So like specifically for us as music educators, um, being specific, um, about tribal nations. Um, I think when I think about curriculums, including, you know, native content or so-called, mm-hmm. um, that it's a lot of times mo- like treating us as a monolith, like right. we're going to touch on native Americans. So here's one song from one nation. <laughs> right. Um, and we have checked off Native Americans. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So (laughs) I think, I think that's an issue definitely, but also a lot of like Native inspired things within the music world, Mm -hmm. um, I think is an issue. Um, you know, you scroll down major places where you can purchase music and you type in Native, you know, Native Americans and stuff like that. And, the first stuff that comes up is native inspired things that are written by non-native people. And that's an issue. Um, And I think that's an issue, not just for native people, just, just for a lot of different, um, you know, people who are not white. Um, So I think that um, along with that, we've got these, these sounds that are ideas of what native music sounds like. Like the first thought that comes to my mind is that like, Um, strong beat one like the dun 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 dun. That's like just not accurate, right? Um, or certain like melodies and like melody lines or harmonic like different different structures that Mm. have the. This is the idea of what native music is. This is what inspired native music is. Um. Mm. And you know, for us who have grown up listening to native music, or you know, have gone to powwow and experienced this in our lives, um, it's just kind of like what, like, like right. to us, we can, we can pick that out right away, you know, just like someone else in a culture that I'm not familiar with would be able to pull out when when their music is, you know, is appropriated,
0: right, um, and reduced, like, yes, reduced to like a sound bite, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: so I think, um, I think those, those misrepresentations, um, within Hollywood have really influenced, um, have like trickled into influencing education. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's true, like for other things besides music education, I mean, it's, it's a whole, way that media has shaped these this idea and continued these stereotypes um so it's been it's been like i said doing my doing my research it's been interesting um to look and kind of pull things apart and think about what's in these
0: current curriculums and um you know how could we change it Um, have have you seen anything um hopeful or positive or has it all been pretty much not great? Which Um, by the way, is what I would guess it would be. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there are a few,
1: um, there are a few articles and things um, I've seen kind of appropriating um, native music or instruments, but I have seen some good things. um, And I think, I think the most hopeful thing that I see now is you know, out on social media or, you know, in Mm. these groups on Facebook and stuff, people reaching out and saying, what can I do? Um, And I think that makes me very hopeful um, that, that everyone wants to do well and they want to know the right thing to do. Um, So I guess out of all of it, that's where I'm seeing the silver lining right
0: now. (laughs) Yeah. As you spoke, I was thinking, you know, one thing that I, I love and I want to do more myself and see more from, just to be honest, white music teachers, is this kind of idea of, um, I've always done this this way, basically b- busting our presupposition that anything somebody hands to us is okay you know, mm-hmm. if it's written by a person who says, here's my book or here's this, I think we have this lazy mm-hmm. way of thinking. I know I do, which is like, well, you know, if she said it or he they wrote it, you know, it's got to be OK. Mm-hmm. And now we have to challenge these assumptions. And one that I never even knew that I had was this idea. And I, and I remember thinking about it last year when I was talking to my students mm-hmm. is about this kind of narrative that native american people are a thing of the past like mm-hmm. that's like this pioneers right mm-hmm. so the pioneers yep. and the native american people way back a long time ago it just occurred to me this is this like giant swath of our country <laughs> right mm-hmm. um, your country really and thriving and vibrant and here and so I'm just saying even those presuppositions that we didn't even know to challenge so I guess that's one good thing um that I'm seeing yeah well and and like just
1: taking that one step further too is like you know even someone maybe listening to me today you know while Natasha said this on Missy's podcast but taking it one step forward with their community or the tribal nation in their area, you mm-hmm. know, like I don't speak for all native people. of course. And I only know what I know from, you know, what I learned, what I've learned from, you know, my experience being um, Bad River Ojibwe and Menominee. And so like, if something that I say I might do, you know, that might be something that another community, another, you know, tribal nation might say, Hey, you know, I know you meant well by this, but like right. we don't do that. And I would like my comment would be like, absolutely listen to your community. Like that's yeah. just taking it a step further, you know? Right. Um, and making sure that you're you're doing that research not only um with with folks who maybe know a little bit more about it, but like within the community that you're working with, building that culture within your school and with your students mm.
0: as yeah. well. Yeah. And I like, I mean, just the idea of, you know continue to challenge the assumptions and your presuppositions and Mm -hmm. like so this speaks to what you just said there have been times when like let's say on instagram you know i'm Mm -hmm. following someone you know it it, for a little while was like anything this account says is completely legitimate in my Mm -hmm. mind you know and then i just started realizing i can't just fall the other way you know just because this account, you know, said a few good things. I cannot assume. I don't know who this person is. I need to yeah. do my research. Right. Um, and and so I appreciate uh, that you're saying that. And certainly knowing that you don't speak for, you know, mm-hmm. all Indigenous people, you know, yeah. um, or even all the people in your nation, you know, it's exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the hardest thing, you
1: know, when we're all trying to teach each other um, about these things or share knowledge, um, is that's like the the number one thing I always want to put forward. Like, you know, even like I make mistakes too, and like what I say isn't isn't like oh, this is right, and this is what all you know people from right. these places right. think. Um, I think it's so important to 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 think that. To, to realize that as well, I guess,
0: is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Because um, that puts a lot of pressure on us. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. I wonder, because you, you are, your perspective, even though it is just yours, it comes mm-hmm. from an authentic place, you know, and it's an important voice, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And so when it comes to uh, changing the narrative, like that I brought up before, breaking down stereotypes... For those of us um, who want to do that, what mm-hmm. steps do you suggest who you know, we want to make real change, but we feel a little bit lost? Yeah. Um, I think one of the one of the most important things is that
1: stereotype that you just talked about um, in your experience with um, you know, all the, all the natives are gone like this this we talk about natives in the past tense a mm-hmm. lot. Um, you know, they're not here anymore, or when they're represented are done so in like a past context, wearing, right. you know, or only wearing regalia or only where, you know,, um, right. not in the context of like a modern day native person. Um, so I think one thing that's really important is to give your students that visual. Um, if you can have someone, talk to your class if you have the means to do that. um, And of course, to compensate them for their time. Yes. I always think that's really important um, because a lot of people, I think Illuminatives had like this statistic on their website at one point, I think it was somewhere around like 60% or I don't know the exact number, but they had a statistic about the amount of people in the US who said they have met a native person. And I was shocked by the number of people who said they have never met a native person. And so I think just for your students even to have that contact and have that visual of like, this is a current day native person, like a tribal individual. Um, I think that's important if you can have them come in or if you can video chat with someone Hmm. Um, or maybe if you have some resources in your state um, that are, you know, videos that you can share with your students too. Yeah. Um, and, or, you know, yeah, like videos or, or stuff like that. Um, that's, that's a good visual for your students to have to see, you know, that we are still here, um, right. and that we <laughs> wear normal clothes, just like you <laughs> We right, go to right. work during the day and um, right. <laughs> just things like living your life. Um, right. Exactly. Um, or that, cause like, I always got that growing up too. Like, I, th- I feel like a lot of native people have been asked in their lifetime, do you live in a teepee <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that we live in houses? Right. We... <laughs> right. <laughs> um, wow. So all of those types of things. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I remember, um, last year in November showing a video of a, a girl and she was a second grade girl and she was in. Canada. I feel bad that I cannot remember now her tribe. Um but my I was showing my students like here she is. She's a second grader. Um she was talking about things she loves to do. Um she loves to it, and they were like, "Oh, we do that too." <laughs> yes. It's like, you know, make necklaces and have <laughs> sleepovers. Um and she was learning um two different dances. And so we it led to this great conversation about how so many students in at our school did similar things like maybe they went to Indian um India the country, Indian classical music lessons and mm-hmm. they wore certain um outfits, right? That they mm-hmm. didn't wear at school, and it was such a point of contact for them. Because yeah. a lot of those kids, this one girl's like, I have to do Irish dancing, so I have to dress up like this, and mm-hmm. my parents are Irish, and then these other kids were talking about these um, things they do in their Pakistani culture, and so mm-hmm. that was so interesting, and I said, can you imagine if somebody was talking to you like, now, do you live, you know, in a regular house, or do you, yeah. Yeah, of course I live in a regular house, <laughs> you know, Yeah. <laughs> and so... I I think that it's embarrassing for me to say that I had somewhere in my peripheral, you know, mind this idea of, you know, that's a long time ago and and coming to terms with how blinded I am to things and hopefully breaking that in myself and
1: mm-hmm.
0: in students. And so I appreciate, you know. You're saying that, especially like trying to um, reach out and get somebody and Mm -hmm. pay them, you Mm -hmm. know, to come into your classroom. Do you know if a teacher wanted to do something like that? I mean, this is a massive question Mm
1: -hmm.
0: in your area. What what might people do if they wanted to contact someone?
1: Yeah. um, So I think it depends I, I always encourage um, folks for the first thing to do in this process is to find out you know what land they're who's on who's land drawn, who is yes. there yeah um, who who is there um, pre removal um, and then who is in the area as well if you have any reservations in your area um, and to contact make contacts based on that um, and so that you can have that conversation with your students yes. about. Where are they at? Why are there, they there were, where were they before? Um, and then based off of that, um, contacting can be hard. Um, it's, it truthfully is, um, kind of like a reach out and
0: see you, see who see can, can help you. you. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, just I do would, your research. Yeah. I didn't.
1: Right. Well, no, no, I understand what you're saying now. Like I would recommend, um, you know, you can always call tribal offices and see if they can get you in the right direction. Um, but if there is like a specific link, maybe to like a cultural center or like mm-hmm. a cultural language center, there might be someone there um, who might have like, cause then you're kind of honing in on, um, you know, that area. Right. Um, they might be able to help you out. Um, it's, you might also be able to, you know, if you're somewhere uh, by or no. You could also contact if there was a school, you know, hmm. on, on a reservation um, that you're trying to make contact with, you know, you oh, could wow. contact the school, Okay. see if they that's have a, um, a culture, someone at their school that they'd be willing to put you in contact with. Um, I, think, I think sometimes that can be, lead to a, a positive interaction as well. Okay. No, um, that's
0: that's a great idea.
1: Right. Because even if you could bring a group of people in to to help your students experience some music that will be great too and I think going hand in hand with this you know breaking down stereotypes and stuff too I think it also goes into our expectation of music and what music is and how we talk about music as Mm -hmm. well um in my experience uh, working with teachers teachers want to talk about different cultural music in Western terms. Mm. And sometimes that can be another barrier that we have to overcome. Um, We have this as, as classically trained musicians, we want to box everything up and we want to say, you know, it's in this form and it's using this time and it's using these notes and these pitches. Um, And I think sometimes when it comes to different cultural music, we just need to experience it as music and that's what I really liked about you saying your example with talking to your students about um, this this girl and her saying these experiences of hers just through, you know, that student t- telling their experience or maybe sharing a song or the kids listening to some music, they can make a connection just through music without having to label it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot of times as music educators, We're always looking for what's the best way that we can learn to play instruments and read standard notation (laughs) and and do. I mean, I understand that doing is important and there's a time and a place for it, but I think sometimes part of music education is listening and Mm -hmm. making those connections and bridging our understanding of two different cultures where they come together. Music is such a powerful tool in those situations, mm. um, so I think a lot of times we're trying to dig for the extra,
0: and it's like, whoa, it's right there. Yeah,
1: and the no, kids I agree. Will get it. I agree. <laughs> and
0: you know, last year, at least in my situation, and I know it had to be duplicated in some places. You know, we weren't allowed to sing at all. Um, mm-hmm. I know there were places where people could sing, so I actually kind of relished the idea of. We are doing a lot of about music, you know, in the past year. And we investigated so many different kinds of music. And I noticed that teachers would always ask me, like, what did you do with that? And I'm like, you know what I did? I played it. And we listened to it.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: we talked about it. We responded to it after. I didn't put it on, an, you know, an ORF, you know, th- arrangement for them. Mm-hmm. We didn't compare it to you know some western ideal we just listened Mm
1: -hmm. we
0: responded to it and then we would talk about points of connection if we had Mm -hmm. them um you know was this music some kind of you know ritual thing that these people were doing was it something for a celebration Mm -hmm. what kind of things do i do what kinds of things do you do um Mm -hmm. so that was really nice Last year to kind of be released from, and I agree, you know, doing music is crucial. Mm -hmm. uh, But it was kind of nice to be like, well, now I have extra time. So we're going to dig deep into things I can't really touch on. And the kids responded very well to it Mm -hmm. and still are talking about it. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking for ways this year to keep doing that. And not just be like, okay, we're right back to where we were before,
1: Mm -hmm. you know. Right. Well, and maybe the doing part comes in after the connection. Mm -hmm. So maybe the students make their connection with how it relates to them. And the doing part has to do with a song or some sort of experience that they connect with it. Sure. You know what I mean? So maybe they hear, you know. You talk about jingle dancing and how it's healing and you talk to your kids about what's healing for them and mm. you would do a song that's based on something that's healing and you just make that connection and that's you awesome. don't have to recreate anything that would be appropriating. Right. You do something that's relevant to your students, but that they can connect it to that example that they've seen mm. um, and now experienced through listening. Mm. I love that um, idea. I, I think that's completely appropriate. And I've had some teachers ask me like, well, is that appropriating? And I'm like, no, not yeah. at all. They're making the connection. They're seeing this done in this context. Like they're able to, to make that connection. And
0: they think <laughs> we think that kids aren't going to be able to do that. And they, they can, they yes. totally can. Yeah. Because so. they're human beings. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And yeah. especially last year, you know, I think we were hungry for points of connection, um mm-hmm. with anyone you know, yeah. outside of our house, you know, okay. and so i I think that kind of maybe moving even deeper into that, those of us who are not indigenous, you know if we want to have firsthand experiences uh with uh native music, indigenous music, and culture um how can do you have suggestions about how we could do that and and Mm -hmm. in ways that are appropriate that's the thing that you know i think everybody's like so scared um well it's it's here what's here's what it is it's either they're oblivious to the fact that they should be thinking about it and they just do whatever Mm -hmm. they want right yeah so it's like oh jingle dancer we're all gonna make jingles and be jingle dancers right yeah (laughs) um which is a bad idea (laughs) yeah um but they have no idea or yeah. they're like me, maybe paralyzed with fear. <laughs> like, I don't mm-hmm. want to do the wrong thing. So maybe I don't do anything. And I know yeah. that we have um, Native American His- Heritage Month. That's coming in November. And so w- last year when I was, t- I was so excited because I think it was right around the same time that we talked. And I started talking to my my kids and my students were like, um, so can we, you know, what can we do? Can we go st- like hear some music and i remember like i don't really know i don't really know but (laughs) i'm gonna find out you know um Mm -hmm. are there ways for us to that are okay and respectful Mm -hmm. and help will help us grow and learn and build those bridges and make points of connection
1: yes definitely um in the time of COVID, uh, there are some, you know, powwows that are still happening, um, but I know a lot of powwows are still being canceled as well. Yeah. Um, I think we we may have touched on this in our last episode, but I always think powwows are a good opportunity for folks to come and experience the culture because a lot of times at a powwow you're going to hear the language. Um, you're going to see the dancing, um, which all hold meaning and prayers, um, and are, are, are important all in their own ways. Um, you're going to hear the music and see the instruments. And you're also going to maybe hear some stories as well. Mm. Um, which is, you can experience so much just in a couple of hours wow. at Apollo, um, And so your first time going, if you're going alone, it might be a little scary, Um, but that definitely is a time to just, you know, sit and take it in and listen. Um, A lot of times at powwows, they will, the MC will help you out. They're the person announcing everything and calling up the next category and things like that. Um, They'll help you out by telling you the expectation, you know, we're going to do um, an honor song everyone please stand and move your hats or okay. they'll let you know hey we're using a specific um instrument right now that can't be recorded please turn off your cameras and things like that they'll let so you they're know just like your um,
0: guide through it yeah
1: exactly so if you sit and listen and take it in um for the first time uh they'll, they'll walk you through it and it'll be helpful Um, If you do know someone that you can go with, that's always great too. It's good to have some guidance. I've had some people go, some friends um, and and actually teachers who come with me to their first powwows at uh, the Woodland Bowl on the Menominee Reservation. And just to be there with them, you know, I'd been there going to powwow there my whole life. So, you know, kind of helping explain things as they're going. Um, And they felt like that was really helpful in guiding them to have my sure. family there with them that they have someone to feel like like accepted in by or invited in by that they didn't feel so out of place yeah. um but I yeah that's the first thing I would say um but if you're not able to make it to a Apollo a lot of times there are some resources online um and there are a lot of native content creators right now um I think we might have touched on this last episode too I'm not sure but like there are a lot of native content creators on TikTok. Yes. there are yes. a lot of there are a lot of videos on YouTube. Um, there are groups on Facebook. Um, I know a lot of artists who, during the time of COVID, have been like going live to share their music. That's great. Um, so that's an opportunity if you can find out if you can do you know your search. And and talk to people from these different nations and find out who are some drum groups or who are some, you know, Native American flute players or some hand drummers from their area. And you can find them and follow them on social media. They'll go live and they'll tell you about their songs and they'll play them. And usually, you know, they you can ask for, you know, do you have a Venmo or sometimes they'll put up. That yes. information and you can, you know, send them some some money and change that way. Um, right. And and it's just a good, it was a, a good way that I saw artists being able to still share that during the time of COVID. Um, mm. I don't the YouTube, I know some people are like, oh, I don't use YouTube or I'm afraid to find things on YouTube. Um I, a lot of times actually use YouTube in my classroom yes. when we're doing stuff like that. Uh, I know indigenous people's day was this past Monday. And so we've been talking a lot about um, our indigenous artists this week and um, how much we all miss powwow. Cause we haven't had one since 2019. And so we um, were watching a drumming group on YouTube that it was videoed in the Woodland Bull in Kashina. the kids are seeing, you know, where they usually go for powwows, right. so um, there are probably some powwows that are up on YouTube from the nations that you're looking for, um, so that's also just a search away, um, mm. and like I said, if you're not sure, I would definitely see if you can get in contact with someone who can verify that for you, mm. um, but uh, it, it, yeah, You we, there's a lot of like Menominee Powwow on online. Um, and I see a lot of other folks that I follow posting their, you know, powwow journey over the summer where they're hitting up different powwows too. Um, Wait, I, I have think, kind of,
0: can I, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I have an embarrassing question. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you tell me exactly, or maybe you can't, maybe it's too broad, but what is a powwow? <laughs> what is like, what is the function of it? Is it some massive... I think we talked about this yeah, last time a little bit. Yeah, I um, think we did. What is it? And like, I don't know how to say like, okay, I just need to find a powwow. Do <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean?
1: So what is yeah. it
0: to, what is it to the different tribes? Is it the no, same? Go um, anyway.
1: There are many different kinds of powwows, um, depending on the nation that you're you know, visiting or that you're going to see. Um, uh, the, the really popular ones are the contest powwows. Okay. Um, and it's just where it's like a social gathering where everyone gets together and there's drumming and singing and dancing. And there's a lot of um, moving parts that go into a powwow. There are a lot of like official things that like happen at a powwow for it to come together, which is why you couldn't just like do one in your classroom. Right. Um, but basically it's for people to come together sing and dance and a lot of times that the meaning behind these songs and these dancing is is coming together to pray and be as a community and celebrate um, and carry on these dances and traditions that have been passed out for a long time mm-hmm. um, and there's usually like a lot of um food, like you can get. Like, I was just gonna bread. ask, was
0: there, yeah, food like involved? for us,
1: <laughs> yeah, for us up here, it's like you know, fry bread, um, wild rice, just like wild rice dishes, whole corn soup, all these different, but the but going there to get your food and get like your you know, lemonade and your right, <laughs> your right, right, because it's, so it's usually pretty during the summer, you know, that's when our contest goes, it's hot, it's hot, and and, um, it's, it's a fun, everyone comes together and a lot of people, what they do is they call it like they, they hit the powwow trail or they go on the powwow trail. Um, and these, these drumming group, drumming groups and dancers are going to all these different powwows and competing for contest powwows. So they're, they're competing for prize and usually like prize money. Wow.
0: Um, so and from different, these, from different nations and stuff or, okay. Yes
1: Mm mm-hmm yep so like just because like if you're if you're um from one nation you can go dance at another nation's powwow um it depends though it might be something I know in the time of of COVID there were some invitation type things going on um so that kind of depends too you'll be able to tell there'll be flyers and stuff it's if it's an open contest powwow um you know if it's something that not everyone's invited to you probably won't hear about it, right? <laughs> to be honest, yeah. Um, and so uh, there's there's that, but there are other kinds of powwows too, like specifically to Menominee. Like we have a sturgeon feast powwow, um, and that's to celebrate our our sturgeon feast. Um, mm-hmm. We have a veterans powwow, and so at the different powwows, the different for different reasons. Um, you might hear different stories or there might be a different focus. Um, so that's, it's, that's why it's interesting. You can hear all these different things and it might depend on what powwow you go to.
0: And um, you, if you're not part of that nation, you might not be um, invited to each, to all of the different kinds, right? Like you can't just show up at any powwow if there's a powwow that's
1: advertised, it's likely open to the public. Okay.
0: Oh yes. So that's what you were just saying. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fun time to get together and to, to, to enjoy that dancing, singing, drumming stories, um, culture, language. It, it all kind of happens in one um, and I think powwows, the reason why there's, it's so cool to have these powwows and celebrations now is that for a time we couldn't have them. It was illegal to have a powwow um, during, you know, certain years for yeah. us to have these celebrations and carry out our culture. So I think that's why it's such a cool thing now right? Um, for people to experience and see. Um, and the dancing too, I think students, especially, Love seeing dancers. And especially like a student who maybe has never seen a powwow dancer before, what a cool experience to yeah. see that for the first time. But also our students, like my students this week, who are little powwow dancers, watching past powwows and hearing, you know, drumming that they get excited because they miss that and they can't wait to go back to it, or they're oh, excited awesome. to tell me, Mrs. V, Mrs. V. I'm a shawl dancer, Mrs. V, I'm a grass dancer. They get so oh, excited so cool. um, and they're so cute. And so <laughs> um, it's, it's good um, for, for everyone to have that experience mm-hmm. and to see that. Um, and I think some of the current artists, current native artists who are popping up in like the hip hop and um, pop scenes are really integrating that into their music which
0: I think is really cool. Speaking of that, uh, do Mm -hmm. you have some of these more modern um, Native American, indigenous artists who you would love to see um, teachers talking about in their classrooms that we could start looking for?
1: Absolutely. So before I get into that, I just want to say, I think that um, looking at current artists, um, current Native artists and current drumming groups, Current hand drummers, um, it's important because it's also helping break down that stereotype and that idea of past. So I think that's a, that's a main hurdle that a lot of teachers have to overcome music-wise as well. They're trying to look in the archives for some old Native American song that was sung that right. probably should not be shared in the classroom setting. Right. You know, realistically, we're looking for something that is not appropriate to be sharing in that way anyways. Um, and, and because we're thinking in that past tense, that's what we're looking for. Or because we're thinking folk songs, that's what we're looking for. Well, this is different territory. This isn't folk song area. Right. We're talking about our cultural music. So um, I, I think that that's, that's a really important point um, because there, there is music out there online that has been recorded or has been notated and probably was done unethically. Um, I know specifically of some, re- some resources that folks have asked about and it's like, you know, I would just be really careful with that. You're gonna have to call the tribal office or a cultural office and see if that's okay to use um, because there, there's stuff out there that is original fill in tribe here Music, but should not be used in that context. And mm-hmm. oh, I found a book full of Menominee music. That
0: means I can use this in my classroom. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And mm-hmm. that's a different mindset. I mean, yeah. nobody's going to be shocked to hear that we think anything we find is ours to use.
1: Right. Exactly. Or that, you know, when you go and ask someone, if you try to go find someone to ask to come into your classroom or to speak with that, you're automatically going to get someone to say, yes, sometimes the answer is just going to be no. And sometimes we have to be okay with that. Mm. Um, So that's why I also think looking at modern artists is really interesting as well, because these are folks who are putting that out there and they're including pieces of the culture within their music. So um, the first person that my students are, raving over this week that we've been talking about, um, is Superman. Okay. And that's S U P A M A N. Um, and Superman does a lot of like looping. Um, so he'll, you know, record a hand drum and loop it and then do, um, some singing over the top or some flute playing over the top, um, and include a lot of those instruments in that the students Mm -hmm. can see. And a lot of times in his videos, he's showing him doing that. Um, and then the song that we were looking at this week is called why, um, and that song he loops someone jingle dress dancing in there so you can hear the jingles as a part of the song yes because when that is a part of a song when our when our jingle dancers are dancing because when they're dancing all those jingles aren't getting together right they're they're creating part of it right so um that's that's something very cool that teachers can look at and include in all their maybe you're going to read the book jingle dancer Mm. talk about that and include it in there or show the healing dance um on youtube and then and then play that video for them to experience that music or see that jingle dress hear that recording of that um so i and and superman sends really powerful messages and their songs that are clean and um it's it's uh, it's great to share with the students and have great messages. Um, I would say any like modern any any like current. I should rephrase that. Any current drumming group you can find that there. A lot of times, we're hearing more drumming groups recording. You can find our stuff out on iTunes. Um, we have been looking at groups that are recording and then are in collaborations with other ones. So. A Tribe Called Red um, is one group. Oh, so I I just
0: heard about that. Yeah.
1: And I think they're going by like hallucination now. I think they're moving more towards that. But um, they have put out, you know, electric powwow drum or um, stadium powwow, uh, things like that, that are putting that electronic uh, music in there and mixing things together. So the students are, they're loving that. Like, oh, this is like powwow music oh, they're, they're recreating it. Um, and seeing how this music exists within fusion, but also exists in the, in the modern, like, this is like indigenizing the space, you know, we're not just working on, um, we're not just like decolonizing things. We're indigenizing it as well. Let's indigenize hip hop or, or things like that. Um, so that, that's really cool. That's another group. Um, I really like, I've been listening to on repeat, repeat, my like song of the year this year that I've been listening to my car on the way in is The Fight by Taboo. Um, I
0: don't it was know. with the Black Eyed Peas. Oh, oh. Um, yeah. Taboo I love was Black, with the I Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not as um, much as I thought it did since I don't know. His name.
1: Um, so, and that sounds, that's a couple, that sounds a couple years old, but like recently it's just been like the soundtrack of my year going in. Mm um, to work. So that's, that's a, that's a good one as well. Um, Illuminative is always putting out really great information, um, and, uh, supporting artists, um, and getting their names out there too. So that's um, online. Yes. Okay. So yes, Illuminative, you can find Illuminative on social media. You can look up their website, but Including that um current music in is another way to say, hey, we're still here. (laughs) We're We're still making music. Um, (laughs) And And it's relevant. (laughs) It's it's of the moment. Yes. And to hear, you know, there's more and more language revitalization going on as well. Um, So one song I share with my students, you know, a lot of times when students get into hip hop and rap, you know, they're, they're, you're, you're looking for ways like, oh, how am I going to make this relevant to them? Sure. Um, th- this recently I was playing for some of my, um, students, uh, tall Paul, he is, this is on the Wisconsin it's called the ways, um, resource. He raps the song prayers in a song. He raps in the language for, oh, really? for part of it in Ojibwe. Yeah. So, um, I think that's really cool. I know for my students, that was really cool for them to see because they take Menominee language and culture. That's and awesome. so when they see, uh, you know, I'm saying to them, wouldn't it be so cool if you got so good with your language that you right. were able to rap in it? We don't have a Menominee rapper. Right. <laughs> um, so I, I think that that's a way to help inspire kids too, um, is to see other people um, revitalizing their culture and language, and um, mm, I love bringing that. that about, also bringing about like, wait, they have their own language. Some students don't know yeah, that that all absolutely. of these different nations have their own languages. We all have our own languages, and so um, that that shows to the kids too that these languages are still living, and now they're being used in right, music,
0: music, yeah, mm-hmm. and your kids being able to see themselves. It's kind yeah. of like this, this in the tension between the past and the present and the future. It must be, mm-hmm. s- you know, so heartening for you as a musician mm-hmm. um, to see that kind of hope for them. You know, we yeah. don't have to, we don't live in that past. You know, mm-hmm. we honor that past and learn from it, but mm-hmm. we're, we're moving yeah. forward and growing
1: Right. Well, and of course the language is still like living on, you know, there are efforts and stuff. And of course the language is still living on within drumming groups who are singing the language as well. But for the kids to see that in that context of something they're familiar with, like rap that they love so much, I think that just really, um, they make a connection to that. And I I think that's important um, to keep them inspired and to find, you know, their little their little connection in their world of music of what they love to listen to. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of times we think about what music do we think is going to be best for them. Mm-hmm. And we need to think
0: about what music do they like that yeah. we can meet them with. Stop the um, gatekeeping. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I have a question that is I know just um, an American teacher question. (laughs) So when you were talking about things like the Superman and these more modern things, if a teacher hears that and says, you know, I want to do a movement to that, or I want to have the kids play, what do you think about that? Would that still feel appropriative to you? Or is that, I mean, I know that's a nuanced question.
1: Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, I've done some like, keeping the beats on the body activities right. to like, um, a tribe called red electric powwow drum. Um, but my students also have context of what, right. like a powwow. So, I mean, if you talked about that instead of just, I wouldn't say just go in and say, we're going to do this movement and just turn it on and not have a conversation. Right, about Right. Of
0: course.
1: Um, but as far as like creating a move it or something like that, I'm not sure.
0: And, yeah, uh, you to think know, about. they're
1: just, some things that, um, you know, I don't know, because I don't want to speak for, for everyone. Right. But that would be a conversation that I would have in my community um, with some elders or, mm. you know, it might be, it also might be something that you would want to ask the artist about and what. Yeah, I was thinking that.
0: Was for the song. Yeah. yeah. But so, I, do, um, I like what you were saying, because, um, for example, I just brought, or I did a couple of pieces during the latinx heritage month um you know some from venezuela some from guatemala and i always um whether before or after we had a discussion about the music mm-hmm. and i said well a lot of times i don't go into some extensive thing you know if i'm using a classical piece of music but here i want them to learn and i want them to mm-hmm. understand um mm-hmm. that this is a window into yeah. um an important part of the world that this isn't the only place that there is right right where we are right now. Um, So I like that idea of, you know, if you're going to do something simple like that, like moving to it, I mean, like moving to the beat, make Mm -hmm. sure you're discussing. Yeah. And teaching.
1: Right. And I think, I think that also goes hand in hand with like teaching about native, any culture. I don't, even, it's just not just my culture, it's me teaching about another culture that's sure. not my own as well. Such an important part of this is experiencing that culture. And that's why we're, we're talking about going to Palos and different ways that we can go to, you know, it, here in Wisconsin, there are things put on all the time, you know, at different colleges where there's an, there are open flyers online and we're keeping in contact. Oh, they're putting on this, you know, I know for indigenous people's they down in Madison, there was a powwow put on down there. Um, or I think they did one at Lawrence here down in Appleton and, um, being able to experience that in order to start to understand it, is an important piece. And if you don't have that experience, I know us as teachers, we always wanna think, I'm supposed to have all the knowledge to teach my kids and I'm supposed to be the one that presents it to them. Well, we can't know everything about all these music, <laughs> That's all these sure. musics from all these different cultures. It's so important to keep that open mind and be able to say, hey, I'm not the expert here. I need to go experience this. I need to go ask. For someone to maybe come in and and be the expert in this situation, Um, because that's another thing that is a slippery slope of, oh, well, I looked up this information online and, oh, I know about it, so I'm going to teach it and I've never experienced it. Mm -hmm. Or I haven't spent time listening to this before I present it in my classroom. And that's a part of developing that ear for those stereotypes, those stereotypical nuances in in Native-inspired music as well, Um, that training of our ears for all different kinds of cultural music. Um, So I think that's another another important
0: piece of it. Yeah, uh, certainly an important consideration. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Definitely. before we um go, it do you have any words of wisdom for teachers as we go into November this year? Um, you know, I'm already seeing the questions coming up, which I understand. You know, what mm-hmm. are you doing for this month? And what are you doing? And it's so funny, I think now I'm just in this mode of like questioning everything.
1: Um yeah. Yeah. sometimes
0: too much, sometimes not enough. Any words of encouragement, caution? I think I'm seeing that a lot too now
1: on Facebook, um, yeah. in the groups, what are you doing for Native American Heritage Month? Um, I think number one, um, when someone tells you what they're doing, when you ask that question, don't just ask what you're doing. I would ask what you're doing and who you learned it from mm-hmm. um, because it's important to, to know where that's coming from. Um, and to ask, you know, what area are you in? What location are you in? What tribes are you representing through this activity? Um, Because those are all questions that we should be answering while we're teaching about this. Um, I also think that there are a lot of I'm not the only Native music educator, the only Native educator out there. There are other accounts and pages and and Native music educators who are putting information and activities out there representing their tribal nations. Um, So follow who you can. And on social media, that's like such a thing. Follow who you can. And before you jump into that space and ask a question, Listen yes. and look through their content that's already created. Um, for a while, just observe, and you're going to learn so much just through listening and looking and watching before we insert ourselves into those conversations. <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I think that's really important as well. Um, I would also encourage you to look at some of the books we, I think we talked in our last. Podcast or the last episode that we did together about some picture books and things like that with our students at the elementary level, um or maybe middle school. Maybe you're, I, I'm. Hey, I'm all for it. Whatever <laughs> level, I should right. just say it. But um, sharing books uh, that we can connect to the music as well that that are written by native authors and can can share those things. I know we've talked about Jingle Dancer before. Um, how that really talks about this community base. You know, um, Jenna's going to all these different women in her life to ask and the importance of only taking one row of jingles so that their, their dresses can still sing and such. You
0: it's know, a that's a beautiful an, book.
1: It is, it's a beautiful book that that we could read and connect to a different resources out there or um, Bow Wow Pow Wow is out there. Like just other look online for those books that are written by native authors
0: mm-hmm. not
1: native inspired um right. written by non-native people um, down
0: with the native inspired yes yes and um and support them
1: and you know make sure we're compensating people for their time and their efforts that are being put
0: in uh, excellent well natasha thank you again i really value your time and um sharing both you know your expertise and your honesty uh and your passion for this and I I thank you for being willing to be here and educate us
1: well wow Anna, and thank you for having me again and I I'm always I'm always open to having these conversations I know they can be hard and uncomfortable but that's important to to get a little uncomfortable and um, I'm I'm always trying to do my best to help out. And um, I have to be honest too, sometimes when, when I don't have all the answers, we're all going through this together and we're all learning. And I appreciate the space that you're creating with your podcast for everyone to learn more from each other.
0: Well, thank you. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Me too. <laughs> I am thankful for the crucial reminder from Natasha that when asking other music teachers a question like, what are you doing for Native American Heritage Month, that if and when they offer suggestions or resources, I must next ask, from whom did you get this resource? And find out what tribes are being represented through the activities. We must do this kind of work to make sure that what we share with students is appropriate for them and not harmful to anyone. By the way, last year after speaking to Natasha, I learned that I could text my zip code to the phone number 855-917-5263 and immediately find out what land I live and work on. At that time, I found out that I am on Nanticoke-Lenni-Lenape lands here in southern New Jersey. And after recording today's interview with Natasha, I found it was very easy for me to look up the next powwow and I discovered that there is one not far from me in June of next year. I'm going to talk to my students about this and I hope that they and I and their families can attend. I am excited about this possibility and will keep in mind Natasha's guidance about going and being a quiet and respectful observer of all there is to take in. I encourage you to look for events like these in your area as well. Thank you again, Natasha, for your time and your expertise. If you have questions about the podcast, write to docstrong26 at gmail.com or reach out to Music Ed with Missy on Facebook or Instagram or on Twitter at docstrong26. Our podcast music was composed and performed by Jeremy and Owen Strong, And Jeremy also serves as the audio engineer and editor for the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and rate it wherever you listen. This is the best way for us to get the word out. As always, I thank you for spending your time with me. I know you're busy and life is demanding so much from you, especially right now. I hope it was worthwhile and that you were motivated to reflect on your philosophy and practice. I'll see you next time, but until then, keep doing all you can to create a more musical, joyful, thoughtful, just world for your students, families, and community.